And having dealt with a bunch of recent life changes, one thing that I definitely don't think I have touched on is the fact that when you belittle other people's concerns and their experiences, nobody gives a shit about yours. And you're basically just preparing yourself for nobody to care about your grievances, your crises, that sort of thing. And a few things I guess have inspired this. I remember reading a Humans of New York post recently and this woman had talked about her experiences being married to a man who basically faked being a nice guy, being this charming individual. Apparently she was from the South and she was basically this woman who looked like, you know, your typical little blonde Barbie doll. Like she was a white woman, had blonde hair. She wasn't from some poor country or anything like that. She hadn't immigrated to the United States. She wasn't the kind of person that you would look at and you'd say, oh, she's poor and unfortunate. But she had a 13 part, she had a 13 part story as a matter of fact. And she talked about her childhood and how her mother had had these mental problems and she dealt with all this craziness growing up. Then she met this guy in college who she felt like, okay, this guy is my soulmate. He's wonderful. He's all that and then some, right? So it turned out this guy had a secret life. He was putting them into massive debt and basically he was seeing prostitutes, but it turned out the prostitutes were blackmailing him and apparently he was a child molester. And he had gone to jail. As far as I knew from the story, he was still in jail. Apparently he'd molested one of their children. And meanwhile, she'd been trying to be the perfect wife and mother and basically give her children the things that she never got to have growing up because she didn't come from a functional household. She didn't get to have the being a kid time and that sort of thing. So, Basically, she said there was a whole little thing in this story. And if you haven't seen Humans of New York or their postings, you've got to go to their website. They have a Facebook page. I know this story was somewhat recent. I actually sent it to a friend of mine because I kind of felt like maybe she would relate to some aspects of this woman's story. Because apparently she lives in Augusta. She was this real estate agent who kind of created a, she created a creative brand for herself. And apparently her first name is Venus which some people were like kind of taken aback by. And I thought, okay, that can work if you're a real estate person, but if you're a lawyer, people will definitely kind of wonder, okay, are you working in an illicit business? Are you yourself a prostitute? Are you working at a strip club? Like I definitely don't think you could get away with being named Venus and you're an attorney somewhere. That might be a problem. So you'd probably have to go with some kind of middle name, something that sounds more quote unquote corporate, I'm sure. But if you're an entertainment person, that's totally okay. You can be an artist, you can be an actress, you can do all that stuff. Creatively, nobody gives a shit. But if you're working at like some boring law office, definitely people would be like, oh, what the hell, were you a stripper before? Or why don't you change your name? Or people would probably, I'm sure some judge would make a comment if you were a lawyer going to the courthouse and that was your first name. I mean, I had to deal with going to court and people asking me if I was actually a lawyer. And it happened a lot more when I was first doing appearance work and I had definitely been practicing in the field of law for quite some time when I started doing that. I just happened to look much younger than my actual age would tell you. So it's like, yeah, I look much closer to much, much younger than I actually am. I'm closer to 20s than my actual age range. So I've definitely dealt with that of like, oh, people think you look younger and that's kind of a boom when you're in entertainment, but it doesn't really work so hot if you were like a typical lawyer and you were working in a non-creative area of law. Fortunately, I don't have that problem and not really having that problem at this point, it's awesome. So I've been doing some interesting things this week, one of which was going to look at office space. So I will finally be getting my own office. Yay, hooray.
that makes me happy. So kind of working on that process, figuring out where I'm going to be, that's really cool. So I can finally get my things. Some of these things I've planned for 14 years where I've actually accumulated stuff that I said one day when I get in office, I'm going to put that in there. I've got my degrees. I've got my scroll, which is something they give you when you pass the bar and you become an attorney. You have the opportunity of getting what's called a scroll. And basically the scroll says, at least in New York, that, you know, the Supreme Court of the state of New York and the department you got admitted in, we are giving so-and-so, so-and-so this scroll basically saying that you are licensed as an attorney. You've been admitted. Congratulations, kid. You made it to the club. So it's definitely a big deal, a big accomplishment to have it. My mother made sure that I got a scroll. There was framing that happened for this scroll. Like I think one of my aunts, I think my uncle actually had made sure that I was going to get custom framing for this. I have frames for my law degree, my undergrad degree, because my family was like, damn it, you're going to have that. I was the first person in my immediate family to actually go to college for the most part and the first person to graduate. I'm also currently the only person who has a bachelor's. And with law school, I'm the first person in my entire family, including extended and my former in-laws family, to even attend law school. So you can imagine the big deal in getting that degree and certainly the big deal in getting the scroll. I don't think Connecticut actually gives you a scroll, but New York does. And I guess because New York is one of the harder bar exams and people fail it at least once a lot of times, that's not uncommon. I don't know about now, but back in the days when I was taking it, it definitely was the case. So that's kind of a big deal. But I was thinking about that Humans of New York experience. I was also talking to a friend of mine who I hadn't talked with in a while because I had to discuss work stuff regarding office space. And he was telling me about an experience he had when he had dated this Jewish girl. And apparently on the first date, she had, her, she had him go to meet her mother. And apparently the relationship didn't last very long and he said that she decided to break up with him because you're not Jewish. So I thought to myself, you know, that's very interesting where we had horrible things have happened to Jewish people. There's been the rise of anti-Semitism and things like that. But yet some people are basically going on a fraud and acting like, oh yeah, you're a non-Jew, but I'll go out on a date with you and all this. Or you're treating them like they're the gutter trash, but you never take them seriously in life. It's like, okay, if you're doing that to people, then how do you expect them to really be concerned about your dealing with anti-Semitism? How do you expect them to be concerned about your troubles, your grievances, when you're over here treating other people like shit? And that's really what it is in my opinion. I actually wasn't even for it when I was dealing with growing up and in the Christian church in North Carolina and with some churches having the attitude of, oh no, you're not a believer. So you can't be friends with that person. You can't date that person. You can't marry them. You can't have a serious relationship. I've always kind of had a problem with that because I kind of feel like, well, if you care about the person, you have a rapport and you love them, do you know how rare that is in life? Do you get how hard that is to find that connection and now you're going to limit yourself even further? And it's like some people don't even have kids. So why are you worried about that? And why are you getting attitude with them if number one, you've never even asked them if they wanted to convert. You never even posed that. And number two, why are you going into venues and talking to people who you know are not part of your religion and asking them out and doing that stuff? Why don't you just put it out there before anybody has any emotional investment? Before anybody could possibly be hurt. Why don't you just put it out there and be done with it? 
I have a lot of respect for this one model that I was doing fashion shows and kind of knew from the fashion scene because she stayed up. She straight up said, I only date Muslim guys. I had a roommate in law school. She straight up said, I only date Indian guys. I didn't see either of these people go out on dates with people who were not there, not from their religion, not from their culture. They were very respectful of this. I didn't hear about them going on websites or entertaining dudes who had nothing to do with this culture. They weren't trying to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to just have my fun with this guy and treat him like he doesn't have any feelings and I'm just going to treat him like a blow-up doll or like he's some prostitute I hired, you know? I think that's just so disrespectful and you know some guys totally have that attitude if they have the girls who basically they'd consider seriously and they'd marry and stuff like that but then there's others that's like oh we'll just have temporary fun with and who cares if they get feelings or not and I think some people are definitely not honest about those sorts of things. But I feel like if religion is your cutoff, you definitely need to just stick to the specific sites that have people of your specific religion. You need to stick to that specific space. Otherwise, you need to just leave people the hell alone. Do not approach them. Do not bother them. Do not waste their time. Do not ask them out. If they ask you out, you know, just tell them that stuff right up front. Just be direct. I feel that's way more respectful. You're not disrespecting people. You're not treating them like shit and you're not inviting karma and the forces of life to basically have you be involved in something where you are being attacked for the same religion and then general society and certainly people outside it who you've been hurtful to and done this shit to are like, you know what, we don't give a shit. Big whoop, you're over here being discriminatory and you're being an asshole to other people and leading them on in a romantic context and leading them on in a friend context and now you expect me to give a shit, really? I also feel similarly about the notion of, oh, we're going to talk about things that poor people also experience, but we want to minimize that because, oh, it's a white poor person as opposed to a black poor person. Now, fortunately, I've met a lot of people and I've met a lot of black friends and I've known a lot of people who are like, yeah, you're exactly right. This is bullshit no matter who it happens to. Like, for instance, being a first generation college student or first generation to go to law school. There are people who still find that impressive regardless of your race. They get that. Like with this woman with the Humans of New York story, I'm sure some people would have taken a look at her and just assumed, oh, she's some white woman of privilege and she's never had hardship a day in her life. And especially with the ending of the story where she ended up being very successful in real estate and that she kind of built this career even though this ex-husband was like, oh no, you'll never make it. She had this son who basically kind of took over as man of the house and has been like this devoted son getting an education. I believe he was a football star and got this scholarship or something. She was talking about this in the end of the story. But you would probably take a look at her, and I'm sure some of these same people that were like, oh, brava, you go, girl, what have you, would basically have assumptions about her if they didn't know this story. And that's kind of the purpose of Humans of New York, actually, is that it profiles people in that you might have one particular notion about them, and you have a particular stereotype. But when you actually read the story and they tell you about their experience, it's not the stuff you expect. And that's something I think that's beautiful and I think that's valuable and definitely something that you see a lot in the real world. And definitely when you're doing writing and stuff like that, you have to be cognizant of that stuff. You can't start making assumptions and lumping people into boxes. Like I'm sure she probably had to deal with some of the experiences that I have dealt with where people act like, oh no, you're not actually poor. You're not actually in need of help because you don't carry yourself like a victim. And I got the sense from reading this woman's story is that 
she didn't seem like the kind of person who was like oh please help me like the kind of woman who'd be going out wearing her grubby clothes standing in the street corner begging for money rattling a change cup walking through the subways or public transit and being like poor me oh give me this give me that going around smelly and not bothering to bathe or putting her children strapping children to her chest and begging for money she didn't strike me as that kind of person so it kind of felt like, and definitely in my experience when I was going through my divorce and literally needed help, I was friggin' transient at one point. And I remember going to one agency in particular and they're like, oh, you should just go get a job in retail. And it's like, hi, I'm a licensed attorney in two states. They're not gonna hire me for that. I also did seven years of retail in high school and college. I was never a manager, however, I did all these years of retail. So their attitude would be, yeah, you're way overqualified for this. We're not hiring you. Well, the law firms had the attitude of, oh, you didn't go to a T1 law school and you don't have big law experience, so we're not going to hire you at a livable rate. And frankly, my experience at my last job kind of confirms of, yes, I'm not the type of person who needs to be working in a law firm at all. And it's not so much because of the work itself. It's really not so much because of the clients, because the clients were actually cool with me. And in fact, I actually read a story, I think it's like today, as a matter of fact, I read a story about another attorney in Queens who was an immigration lawyer who got stabbed by this woman because apparently he decided not to take her case and she refused to accept no for an answer and behave like a grown-up. So she decided to go get a knife and attack this man and stab him to death. So I was reading this story and apparently they charged her with murder and all this. And I thought to myself, I wonder how long is she going to be actually arrested or in jail before she's back out skipping on the streets and going to stab more lawyers. Hmm? Kind of wonder about that. And I also feel like it makes a compelling argument for why attorneys should be allowed to get legally get guns, especially attorneys who work in various fields where people tend to be a bit volatile and not so much rational, say for instance, family law. I think criminal defense apparently is another good example of a field where people might have to worry about protecting themselves. I think immigration is probably another area of that. And it's kind of funny. I worked at this firm and we actually got warnings about, you know, people sometimes show up here disgruntled and they're unhappy. And I was reading this story and thought to myself, you know what? I'm surprised the owner of this law firm has not been stabbed by someone or nobody's thought to go and do this. I'm very surprised because this guy had the kind of personality that just seemed to alienate everybody. Like he could be very charming when you initially met him, but it's like later on people would be like, yeah. They could not stand him. It's like so much public dislike towards him. It's not even funny. And I was like, I'm surprised nobody's tried stabbing him. I'm surprised nobody's tried shooting this guy. I would not be surprised if that's happened. I really would not. Because I definitely think it's like when somebody's like that personality wise, it's like they're kind of inviting that shit to happen to them. And I feel like when you minimize other people's experiences or you're like, oh no, you don't actually need help even though you don't freaking live the person's experience, you're not there, you're not seeing it. Or, oh, you're a different race, so therefore you're automatically privileged and you don't actually need help. And people try to deny that. It's like, how do you expect anybody to give a fuck about your hardships and your tragedies when you're over here minimizing somebody else's? When you're here trying to bully and lecture them about their own experience that you have never lived and will probably never live yourself. How do you expect anybody to care? The answer is they don't. So it's like, why are you shocked that somebody doesn't give a shit about your experience of, oh, I'm facing this persecution. I'm facing this discrimination. Meanwhile, you're over here doing the same thing to somebody else. So it's like, really? 
are you completely stupid? Like I was seeing something a couple of days ago on Facebook, as a matter of fact, where somebody was like, oh, people don't want to inconvenience themselves for the sake of preventing climate change and having the future of the planet. It's like, welcome to human nature. So that's common sense 101. People are not going to do stuff that makes it harder for them, that makes it less convenient for them for, oh, centuries and centuries later when we've got to worry about the planet being destroyed and descendants we may never have because some of us are child free and are not having kids and maybe some of their kids will choose not to have kids so no their kids won't be around there won't be your grandkids around to see all this horrible devastation and strife and all this stuff so yeah and then you also are talking to people who are possibly Christians and they believe that we're dealing with the apocalypse and the end times and the trumpets are going to blow. So all the people who are saved are going to be taken off to heaven and the only people who will be left will be the quote unquote the heathens. Yeah, basically the heathens and I don't know, the scuzzbags and whatever, whatever the Christians, you know, basically the unbelievers, that's what they'll say, the people who don't believe at all. So not necessarily people of bad moral character. I think you could also be somebody who's done horrible things and they're like, well, you got saved, so it's okay. That's cool. But it's just like, yeah, you're talking to these people. They're going to be like, yeah, we don't give a damn about grandparent, grandkids and all this dealing with oh, climate change and all this because they'll be like, oh, well, Jesus has come and the trumpets have blown and we're all gone, so we don't care. And all it is is all these godless, unbelieving heathens down here. And we want to see them perish. That's what they're thinking. So it's like, you're going to make a comment of, oh yeah, people are selfish and all this. It's like, okay, you need to start with you, buddy. Go open up your house. Go cut your carbon footprint. Go do that stuff yourself. Don't lecture at other people. And I've noticed this a lot in life too. It's like, if you want to have change happen, you need to do that yourself. Stop complaining about, oh, why isn't this happening? Why isn't that happening? And do that with yourself and make those changes. And definitely if you're going to talk about, oh, I've been persecuted. I have this and I have that happening. You don't go and denigrate other groups. And you sure as hell don't do shit to hurt other people and go and lecture at others and doing basically doing the same shit that you would hate being done to you. That you are actively complaining about being done to you. But then you're doing that same shit to other people. Nobody gives a shit. They basically think, yeah, you're a fucking asshole and you've gotten, basically karma has given you what you deserve. And I heard about this, yeah, man, I heard about this from my friend and I thought, yeah, that would make me unsympathetic if I had dealt with that experience. And especially if I had grown up and that had been my experience. If that had been my experience with the Jewish community of, oh, all these guys treated me like shit or said, oh no, I'm not gonna get involved with you because you're not, you know, you're basically inferior as a human being because you're not Jewish. We'd have a big problem and it's like, yeah, you want me to be concerned about your feelings, your, you know, your injustice and all this when you're not concerned about mine? That'd be a problem. When you're over here treating me like shit and causing problems? Uh-uh. But fortunately, that has not been my experience. It also really hasn't been my experience with black people. So for the most part, my experiences with people have been positive. So I don't have this attitude of, you know what, I don't give a shit about your hardship because you're over here attacking me and causing problems for me. And in fact, I basically said to people, you know, I don't cut you down for not being a natural redhead. So don't you cut me down for not being part of your group. So that's what I've generally told people. And for the most part, we've not had issues. 
And it's kind of difficult when you are a natural redhead because it's not like you have much of an in-group. It's not like you've got a whole little organization of redheads. It's not like they all go help one another and things like that. So I would say one of my aunts that I definitely don't deal with, she's a natural redhead. So yeah, that tells you a lot. Anyhow, that's kind of my rant for this evening. And I've been like, finally, I had time to do this in a quiet space.